Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. To your guys' point, I need Jameis. Uh, I need a big game from Jameis this week. I got a couple fantasy championships, and uh, I do need Jameis and Brashad Perriman, ironically. You're not the only one. To step up. There you go, Brashad Perriman. You're going to get it. You're yeah. going to get it. <laughs> Hopefully, Justin Watson doesn't steal all the uh, the touchdowns from him, but we'll see what happens. A big game on Sunday. Guys, let's start in the association. Crazy games last night. We'll go to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers. Bucks winning the game 111-104. to It was a battle of the NBA's top two teams. Giannis Antetokounmpo finishes with a double-double of 34 points and 11 rebounds. George Hill, remember that name, added 21 points off the bench. Good job for George. Uh, for the Lakers, we got LeBron James finishing with a triple-double of 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists. And Anthony Davis, there was curiosity about whether he was going to play. Well, he played and he showed up double-double of 36 points and 10 rebounds. Next for the Lakers, they take on the Nuggets on Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me. And tomorrow, the Bucks head to the Garden to take on the Knicks, who uh, I believe they are 5-1, uh, and 6-1, and one, I think, against the spread uh, with Mike Miller at the helm. Shout-out to Westchester Knicks. That was his former team. Uh, so we'll see what happens at the Garden, see if Giannis can continue his dominance. Uh, probably. He probably will uh, in the mecca of the sports world. Um, continuing with association, another game here. The Rockets taking down the Clippers 122-117. to 117. The Rockets rally from a 16-point deficit in the second half. Russell Westbrook had a season-high 40 points, 10 rebounds. Nice double-double for him. James Harden added another double-double of 28 points and 10 assists. For the Clippers, Paul George finished with 34 points and 9 rebounds. And the Claw, Kawhi Leonard, finished with 25 points and 9 rebounds. Great game. We saw it next for the Rockets. They take on the Suns in Phoenix tomorrow. And for the Clippers, they head to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. I'm sure Kawhi will be happy to go back home to San Antonio uh, in this matchup. Uh, Let's move over to the NFL, guys, where Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott eliminated any drama surrounding his status for Sunday's game. He said, quote, he's good to go Sunday. He hasn't taken a snap at practice yet uh, in the past two days or even attempt a throw. Uh, But they expect him to play uh, in practice today and Saturday. Uh, He said, quote, I'm getting better. It's simple as that. Mobility and the function of it, it's all improving. That's the key. Uh, Of course, it's a key. It's a huge matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles in a battle for the NFC least division. Uh, And I don't know about you guys. I think we talked about it the other day. Cooper Rush is not the answer for the Cowboys uh, as, as they want to maintain Dak their dominance. Dak will be out there. Yeah, Dak will definitely be out there. But let's see, maybe one big hit to the shoulder, and then it's uh, Cooper Rush will be rushed out there uh, under center. Might have to uh, pull a Nick Foles. Break out the bounties. Put a bounty on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bounty on the shoulder. But, hey, it's ironic. Philadelphia with Nick Foles coming in to fill in for Carson Wentz against the Super Bowl season. Now maybe Cooper Rush can uh, lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl season. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We got to see if Dak uh, how healthy he is and and how long uh, he lasts in that game. Crucial game for the NFC least. Um, sticking with the NFL guys, Will Greer 
WVU alum, shout out to Venmo Brian, is going to make his first NFL start, ironically, for the team he used to watch and cheer for from the stands. The third round pick out of West Virginia will replace Kyle Allen, who has lost six straight games after winning his first four. Greer admitted there's a little bit of pressure. Uh, It's one of those things as a quarterback you block out. I'm extremely excited to get that same experience. And it's an interesting game. They're pushing him out there on the road against the Colts. Uh, I don't think they're mathematically eliminated yet, but uh, it looks like their season is pretty much done. Uh, But it should be a good game. Oh, they're done. Oh, they're done. Yeah, they're probably done. Um, But Will Greer, it's a good matchup for him. You know, two teams, nothing to play for. Just let him get his reps in and... Who knows? There's a question question surrounding the quarterback future for Carolina, too. Cam Newton says he wants to go to Chicago. Uh, Will Greer, I mean, he looks – this is his chance. This is his opportunity to step up. Yeah, this and, is his opportunity. It was, what, a third-round pick, Third-round pick. Third-round pick. There are third-round picks who wind up becoming starting quarterbacks. So this is his tryout. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing like starting a guy for the very first time on the road against a team who got their asses handed to him and embarrassed <laughs> on uh, the national stage. Yep. But, hey, you know what? All you, Will. Go get him, Will. Go get him. Oh, God. Go get him. Hey, it's going to be a nightmare. Go get him. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but go, and get, go get him, Joe, is turning and handing the ball to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a mess, guys. Yeah. <laughs> poor dude. Hopefully yeah, I... so now you want to start me on the road <laughs> against a team who just got embarrassed? Like, oh, great. Fantasy. One of the guy, one of my fantasy championships, my opponent just picked up the Indianapolis defense. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know why. And I know why. And it's starting over the San Francisco yep. defense that he's had all year. Wow. Well, that's a tough matchup, I guess, against the Rams. You know, we just saw them uh, take down, uh, get beat oh, down by the Cowboys. That's will... an yep. interesting play, yep. um, but we'll see what happens there. We got some bowl games tonight, guys. Buffalo taking on Charlotte in the Bahamas Bowl, and Utah State takes on Kent State in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Wow, that's a mouthful. We a lot got... of bowls with Utah State. <laughs> a lot, lot, lot of bowls. A lot of bowls. And you got some here. Saturday action yes. in the NFL as well. All right, going to send it back to the crew on Make It Rain this Friday morning. The Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Hour number two on the grid. Big hour two. Joe Lisi going to join us here uh, in just a couple of minutes. We'll go ahead and uh, break down some of these bowl games for you. Coming up, uh, first week of action for the bowls. Uh, yeah, like you said there, uh, like Fazano told you, we got 2 o'clock today, Bahamas Bowl. Little, a little bowl action a little bit later on there with uh, Utah State and Kent State. Could they possibly be a live dog? We'll hear what... Uh, uh, we'll hear what Lisey's got to say. Also coming up, uh, 8.20 here, we'll uh, we'll bring in uh, our buddy Maxwell Smart there from the Keg Gang, uh, the sports keg. And they he's got two plays here today in college hoops. Off the radar games, which is what we love about him. Nice. Games that you might not often follow, but have tons of value. So he's big on these games. And uh, last time we had him on, he was... Uh, pretty damn profitable. So we'll go ahead and uh, and do that. And of course, week 16 in the NFL, we'll finish up on our uh, on our Saturday games. We'll dive into our best bets for the weekend uh, in week 16 on Sunday. It's uh, and from what I understand, too, if I'm not mistaken, is Fasano going to the game uh, on uh, the Pittsburgh Jets game? He's going, huh? Is he? Um, 
What what jerseys oh, really? you going to wear? I will be uh, I'll be rocking the Le'Veon Bell black and gold Pittsburgh Steeler jersey. Oh, that's just see that's confusing, yeah. man, because people are not going to know what what do you support here. Well, he did right. mention uh, and, he did mention he will be signing any uh, jerseys that he sees in the black and gold because he appreciates you know the fans who still support him, aka myself. So if I see him, I may yeah. consider getting a, a little little signature on What's that. What's the black ratio, and gold? Dane? What's the ratio, black and gold to green, in oh. that stadium tomorrow on Sunday? There'll be more towels. There'll be more. There'll be more towels. And here's 60, the thing: 40, also, 70, Joe, 30, you what do you the, think? 65-35. And Ooh, here's the okay. other thing, Joe. Okay. That is represented in this sample size because our friend Mike Blewett and I are also going to the game. Okay, so you. Oh, but there you go. Right. There's the ratio. You got Fasano and Blewett, two Steelers fans. To Dane, one Jets fan. I think that'll be the ratio, Joe. What does Blewett have? Like a Steelers tie he's going to wear? Is it, What's he wearing? Like, what's he wearing towel. to this game? He's going to wear a towel? He's a towel. Yeah, okay, he's going towel time, huh? Yeah. Ridiculous. It's the man. Sunday show from the Meadowlands. Me and Blewett sitting next to each other. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Better be representing your green, Dane. You better be doing it. Lisey next. I got Get some bowl action going you. out here. Light it up. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, let's do this. It is bowl season, people, and there is absolutely nobody we'd rather talk to when it comes to college football than the man. It is Joe Lisi at Go for the Two on Twitter. Make sure you are tailing him when it comes, of course, to college football. He is the guy that you want to be around, always pointing you in the right direction. And of course, don't forget right here on the uh, on Sports Grid that. You would uh, you have them each and every damn Saturday, man, uh, putting winners in your hands. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys cashed a few tickets. Joe Lisi, how the hell are you, man? What's up, JoJo? Happy holidays to you and Dane. Uh, kicking it around. College football bowl season kicks off today. Nothing better than that. No, it's exciting stuff, man. And uh, apparently they uh, we got a bit of a wind issue. I don't know if you heard, Joe. Uh, actually, it's the only thing I heard here all week long in the Bahamas Bowl <laughs> about how it's going to uh, how the wind's blowing. It's going to be windy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe. That might be a problem for like Mike Leach. But for Buffalo, they don't throw the damn ball anyway, do they, Lacey? No, they don't. And that happened last year, too. I don't know if you remember when uh, when FIU played in the game. They they banged the total right before game time because of bad wins, and it soared over the total with FIU covering that matchup. So this game leans right now to Buffalo. But I'm taking the better quarterback, guys. I like Reynolds for Charlotte. He's a dual-threat type of player. He's thrown for over 20 touchdown passes, rushed for over 700 yards. 
And this was a Charlotte team that earlier in the year put up 41 points on a solid Appalachian State team and even put up uh, 10 points on Clemson. I'm rolling the dice here. I'm going against the green. I'm going with Charlotte plus the six and a half. Also like them on the money line in this matchup. And in bowl games, anything's possible. I lean to the over just because they've knocked it down so much at this point. Hey, Joe, great to talk to you again. I know it's been a little bit, but let's talk about this other game, uh, the later game tonight. And, you know, the storyline has been some of these players for Utah State that were in uh, some off-the-field issues, shall we say, getting high in their dorm rooms, whatever it was, especially and including (laughs) Jordan Love, the quarterback, who many people think are going to play on Sundays. I got to ask you, Joe, how do you think this Utah State responds now that it does look like these guys will be playing? What does that do, in your opinion, for the narrative of this game. And then also tell me a little bit about Jordan Love. Um, what, why, might I, why might I see him on Sundays next year? Yeah, well, we'll just start with the off-the-field issues uh, first. I, I mean, he's going to play in this matchup, but this is his last collegiate game. And where's his focus? Will he play? Won't he play? That was the narrative going over the last couple of weeks. I don't like that from a gambling perspective. I'd rather go with the more consistent team in Kent State that hasn't played in a bowl game since 2012. And in my opinion, has an underrated quarterback in Dustin Crum, 18 touchdowns, two interceptions. So that's why I favor Kent State in this matchup. I think they'll be into it. Now, Utah State, over the last few years, has played very well in bowl games. Now, they won their bowl game last year in dominating fashion, but Jordan Love is a type of player on the next level. To put a comp to him, it's hard right now because he's an inconsistent passer, in my opinion, at this point in his career, but he's mobile. He can make plays out of his out of the pocket, and that plays into this uh, NFL that we've seen over the last few years. So he'll make a team. Is he an elite passer that we're going to see? I don't think so uh, at this point in his career. All right, Joe. So, uh, you know, this time of year, too, for those of you that are diving into uh, to some uh, college football, maybe for the first time, you know, there's a lot of things you got to take into consideration, Joe, because bowl season is unlike the regular season. And you don't have to look any further than guys who aren't playing guys that are like, yeah, no, I'm good, guys. I'm going to sit this one out. And, uh, you know, I don't get it, Joe. I know the team that has the bigger name and the better players or the better athletes. But there is nobody betting the University of Miami against uh, good old uh, Holtz there in Louisiana Tech. In fact, I think that you just lost yet another player. I think they're linebackers now sitting out uh, this game. So I, nobody's backing the U, man. What's going on, Lisey? Yeah, and it, it, it's it's unreal. I mean, that's why they knocked down the spread. But I'm still going with Miami here. I, I think they have something to prove. They got blown out by Wisconsin in the pinstripe bowl. They have the better athletes. I, I compare this game to the Georgia-Baylor game on January 1st in the Sugar Bowl. You know, Miami typically has better athletes than Louisiana Tech, and Skip Holtz has done a fantastic job, especially in bowl games. Manny Diaz is a defensive-minded coach. I think they'll dial it up, put some pressure on LaTeX's offense. And if I had to bet the game, I would lean towards Miami. So uh, that's the way I look at these bowl games. I think you have to look at the recruiting aspect as well. Are those second- and third-tier players better than the other team's first-stringers? And that's how you, I think you break it down from the gambling perspective. 
Hey, Joe, you know, going into bowl season, you, you know, Joe Ranieri said that there's a lot of things to look at. Two of the things I try to find as as trends or as indicators that I care about are teams that maybe have had their head coach move on and already accepted a job somewhere else, you know, and they're kind of absent there for the bowl game and or teams that, you know, had high expectations and are kind of. Those got blown out of the water, and now they may not get up for a lower-level bowl game than many projected them to be in, you know? So are there any teams like that that you really like against the spread that maybe, you know, are playing a team that won't have their coach or against maybe a deflated team? Are there any spots like that that you like coming up in the next couple of weeks with those kind of indicators? Yeah, and another one I like to keep an eye out on is road record. You know, teams that perform well on the road because they, for the most part, are playing on neutral field sites. So that's always a good factor heading into bowl season. So I look at the UAB game against Appalachian State. On paper, Appalachian State, uh, that's why they're laying 16 and a half over UAB. But this is a UAB team. Well, App State's uh, coach has moved on to Missouri, you know, Drinkowitz. So how does that affect Mm. the team in terms of uh, philosophy, in terms of game preparation? But you look at that matchup with UAB with Bill Clark, they're a defensive-minded team. They're only giving up 108 rushing yards per game, solid in third down defense, and they lost the conference championship, which to me is a big factor. They got blown out by FAU. How do they rebound? I think they'll be into this matchup enough to cover the 16.5-point number on Saturday night. So that's one of the factors that I keep in mind, and, and that's one of the – when you just broke it down in terms of characteristics, that's a game that sticks out for me with a big number, 16.5 for UAB. Uh, John, I got you know one of those other games too, where uh, and I think it's important to understand. Just because a coach leaves, the question is, did he take the coordinators? Because if the coordinators are still left behind, if it's the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, if those guys are still left behind, not an awful lot changes uh, from the perspective. Like in FAU, now Lane Kiffin is on his way to Mississippi. Congratulations. But I was, uh, I know uh, Glenn Spencer, who was taken over to defensive coordinator. This is a guy that spent 10 years at Oklahoma State uh, when they were actually dominating teams that won uh, New Year's Eve bowl games. Uh, Oklahoma State was unbelievable under his direction defensively, the best they've been in a long, long time. He takes on an SMU team here now. How much credit do you give having a home game for a legitimate home game for a bowl game? Because it, it seems split 50-50. Some teams back in SMU, but it looks like some of the bigger money guys loving FAU in this spot. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And when you look at this matchup for FAU a couple of years ago, they blew out Akron, and, and they had the biggest bowl line uh, in, in the bowl season that year. They won, I believe, 50-7 to seven, uh, over the Zips. Mm-hmm. So they, they won that matchup with Lane Kiffin. Now they're home. Their coaches moved on. What's the mindset, even though Spencer has rallied the troops? I'll just say this about coordinators. It's a lot different when you have the head coaching responsibility uh, in terms of that you have to deal with so much more. So how will that affect the calls? Can he get into a rhythm offensively, uh, defensively? That would always be a concern for me, even though we stepped up in recent years. And when you look at just the, the Vegas angle, New Jersey angle, 58% 58% of the spread tickets are on SMU, but 95% of the handles on FAU uh, to win this matchup. So it's crazy. Hmm. I like SMU because of the quarterback play. 
I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. diving in with both feet, though. I, I think they should uh, step up against FAU in this matchup. Joe Lisi be joining uh, Gabe and I, of course, a little bit later this morning on the morning after. Joe, always a pleasure, brother. Enjoy the games. We'll talk Thanks, again Joe. soon. Love this show, guys. Joe Lisi. That go for the two. He's College Hoops next. He's the man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Talks into his shoe and picks winners in college basketball. His name is Maxwell Smart. He joins us here, part of our good friends over at the uh, at the Sports Keg Crew, man. And uh, Maxwell, happy holidays, man. And uh, hope all has been well here in college hoops for you this season. Yeah, absolutely. Happy holidays to both of you as well. And college basketball has been treating me well. Had a little rough Friday, but. You know what? When you're playing volume, you can dig yourself out real quick, and that's what I did. All right, let's. Uh, we'll dive into uh, a couple of these matchups. I know you got two that you like here today on the card, and uh, I agree with both of them. I love actually both of these plays, but I want to get your overview of what we've seen thus far in college basketball. Quick thus far this year, because last night another ranked team gets taken down by an unranked team, Maryland. Uh, on the road again, can't get it done. Seton Hall without their best player at home takes Maryland, Kentucky, and Utah of, uh, just a couple of nights ago. Unre- We've seen it time and time again this year. There is no great team in college hoop, is there, uh, Maxwell? There's just there's not that overwhelming force that uh, you know, like a Zion. Th- these teams are just they they win, they lose three, they win four, they lose. I, I don't know. Is March going to be as wide open as we've seen it in a long time? Yeah, I think that there's an uh, incredible amount of parity this year, specifically in college basketball. And it is just dangerous to be um, in the top five. If you have a number one to five in front of your name, you have to be on upset alert every night because you know you're getting the best from your opponent. And we saw that last night with Seton Hall. Seton Hall, tip my hat to them, you know, Quincy McKnight shut down Anthony Cowan, and that was really the deciding factor in the game, in my opinion. So um, college basketball is going to be even more exciting than usual in March. It is must-watch basketball, and you know what? We're going to see upsets galore. It's going to benefit our bankrolls with those plus-money dogs. Nice. You hey, got money. You like that. Come- Make it rain, brother. Make it rain. Yeah, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. And here's my other thing. Okay, we like to not only give you a fish for one game, but teach you how to fish for a lifetime. So, Maxwell, I see, first of all, thanks for giving us the right fish. Last time when you were on, you went 2-0 and with us, so thank you for that. I know you're on the Catamounts this weekend, right? And so, please, tell me why you like Vermont, but also... I noticed, Maxwell, when you give us plays, it ain't Duke, it ain't Kentucky, it ain't Carolina. You tend to be in these smaller schools, these smaller conferences. So can you not only tell me why you like the Catamounts, but why is it that you invest more time and energy 
in looking at and capping some of these smaller conferences, do you find the inefficiencies there? Yeah, uh, Dane, I think that with mid-major basketball, first off, you're getting a lower quality basketball, so you have a lot more potential for volatility. Um, I also think that with mid-major basketball, you have a lot less eyes on it, a lot less people betting on it. So the live movement can be easily influenced by a couple tickets, which can give you an extra advantage and give you that half point or point that wins you your bet. I also think that with so many teams in Division One basketball, the odds makers are going to make a mistake and put out a line that is very beatable and that's what happens with mid-major teams. There's a, a lot less time um, to react, and I think that that's um, something that I try and pounce on the overnight lines on every day. So, yeah, as well, far Vermont, as Vermont pissed me play, off I a think... couple of days ago, by the way, uh, Maxwell, so because mm-hmm. I had them, mm-hmm. and they get upended by uh, Greensboro. Like, are you kidding me with this, Catamounts? Well, listen, Joe, that was a, a really nice shot to win the game. So um, I, I'm not going to really hold that too much against them. Yeah, they Joe, he made a good play. The ball quite down, poorly. <laughs> they, they, they did shoot the ball quite favorites. poorly. That was Anthony Lansbow. <laughs> yeah, no, no. At, nice three, shot, at three or four and a half points at home, they should have won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, well, why do you like him today, LIU? Why, no, they Lipscomb rather. Who? Uh, what do you like about him today? Well, listen, Joe. With Vermont, obviously we've seen the worst of them, but today I think we see the best of them. This is a team that can limit runs. They can avoid scoring drowns. They have to defend the rim with Daniel Giddens. They're healthy now, and they're playing with revenge against this Lipscomb team from your part of the country. I think that with Lipscomb, they bring in a really nice guard in KJ Johnson, who's averaged more than 15 points a game six out of the last seven, and Asan Asadula averaging 14 and 10. But I do think with Ben Shinangu, with some revenge, with the performance that they're coming off against Greensboro losing that way, we're going to get an angry Vermont team. We're going to get an efficient Vermont team. And I think that Steph Smith from Ajax, Ontario, my neck of the woods, is going to be the difference maker. He's going to get us that win, and we're going to cover that 11 points. Mm. Now, I say, Maxwell, to... you know, once again, reinforcing this, another small school you're on this weekend. Tell me why you like the Blue Hens laying a couple of points. Well, it's pretty hard not to like the Blue Hens because they put in already 6.1 units of profit into your pocket if you've been betting <laughs> on them every game. That'll work. Dylan Painter, Dylan Painter, the Villanova transfer, he's 6'10". He played his first game um, against Delaware State. He gave 17-3. and three. Add him to an already explosive backcourt with Nate Darling, who averages 21 and shoots 42% from the three-point line. This is a team in Delaware that wins with defense. They win on the glass. They shoot the ball well. And with Raekwon Clark of LIU, he gives you 20-7, and seven, but he's going to give you four turnovers, and he can't hit free throws. I think that um, LIU struggles with their lack of depth. They give up 80 points a game. They foul, and they turn the ball over. And tonight, Delaware's going to take advantage of that, and they're going to get us a nice, easy, wire-to-wire win. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't think people realize just how good Delaware basketball is and uh, and has been. In fact, uh, a kid that transferred uh, is uh, is Ryan Daly. He plays for St. Joe's last night. And, man, oh, man, I was on the over in that game. And did they not light it up there in uh, in the, at home finally? Like St. Joe's, no more uh, 
No more uh, slow pace there. Let's shoot it up 100 million times. A lot of points scored in that game last night for St. Joe's. Yeah, absolutely. With Ryan Daly, that's how that St. Joe's team goes. If he's on point, then mm-hmm. you know what? They have a chance to win a lot of games. They played a tough non-conference schedule. Their record was definitely misleading. And you know what? They rewarded their betters last night. So I tip my hat to that performance. How about UC hey, Max, Irvine, well, my friend? A team. I, I was going to say, Dan and I loved UC Irvine last year. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not make a boatload of money in the tournament back yes. in UC Irvine? The old Ant Eaters yes. last year. Uh, right. They were they're like the not as good defensively. We yeah. We, we crushed it. But they're not as good defensively this year, Maxwell. Illinois, Chicago coming off a, a beatdown here. It's a small number. Do you like uh, you like the Ant Eaters? I actually was looking the other way. I'm looking at Illinois Chicago as um, as a dog here because I think that Ooh. Illinois Chicago getting healthy with like Marcus Ferguson and um, uh, excuse me with uh, with Marcus Ferguson, Marcus Audi. I think that these guys have some potential. Godwin Bowen's a, a, a nice score for this Illinois Chicago team, and uh, they uh, are definitely playing within the number. I think that this is a team that can score the basketball if you give them the opportunity, but UC Irvine definitely is a changed team. I'll tell you guys that. Like They want to move, they want to score the basketball at a higher rate. They're not playing the kind of slow-down defensive game that they played last year. they got multiple front-court pieces, and it's really going to come down to how their backcourt performs tonight. Hey, Maxwell, last one for me, and it's not about a game, but about a player, and that's uh, Wiseman, who the news came down this Mm. week, right, uh, that he's leaving school, right, and he's probably going to be a top, what, top three pick in this NBA draft. Can you give me a little bit of insight as to how this all went down? Was he eligible? Was he not eligible? Now he's deciding to leave, and kind of... What does this mean for, you know, incredibly talented freshmen and recruiting in, in the NCAA moving forward? Well, I think, it means, I think it means a couple things. I think that it means that James Wiseman is going to be another top-tier talent that is showing you that you can go and get ready for the NBA in another league other than NCAA. I think that this is bad okay. for the NCAA in general. They took advantage of a guy and made him look to be out like he's doing something wrong when he, he was taking advantage of an opportunity that was given to him. If someone wants to better your life and better your family's life, um, I don't think that the NCAA should punish someone like that. And I think that they're going to be the ones that regret this in the long run because more top five, top ten talent are going to go elsewhere to prepare for their year before they can go into the draft, and they're not going to be playing collegiate basketball. Yeah, no, it's a suck situation all the way around. But you know what? It's a situation created by the NCAA. Congratulations, guys. And there's a wonder. There is no Zion in college hoops, man. And outside of that, you know, is there? if it wasn't for Wiseman and, and Cole Anthony in North Carolina, two guys now who none of us will be talking about for at least the next month or so, college basketball is slowly becoming irrelevant on a national stage because... The NCAA made it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they are literally sinking themselves. They are driving away the top talent, top recruits, and they've had a monopoly on for too long, and now we're seeing that slowly slip away. And uh, I'm a big fan of NCAA basketball, but I'll have to say this, um, the NCAA deserves what they're getting. 
Amen to that. Maxwell Smart at Maxwell Smart 420. Make sure you're telling him on Twitter over at SBR. The man is a college basketball machine. Maxwell, we appreciate the time, my friend. Happy holidays. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you very much, guys. We'll talk to you. Maxwell Smart at Maxwell Smart 420 on Twitter. And I don't blame anybody but the NCAA, Dane. Their fault. Yep. You created that. You want all the stars now to I go to you, uh, China and Europe at 18 years old? All right, congratulations. LaBello Ball. <laughs> Thank yep. you. Yep, very good. Yep, irrelevant. All right, week 16. Finish up Saturday. Dive into Sunday. Our best bets next year. Make it rain on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Nice. Not even sure what that is. All right, let's do this here. How about you guys get in the game? Opportunity right now to do so. Heading over to DraftKings Sportsbook. We're about to give you a whole bunch of our Make It Rain plays of the weekend. That's coming up. And if you're listening or watching this show right now, you can get yourself a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. And here's how it works. You simply create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. That's one. Number two, you make a deposit. And then number three, you place your first bet. DraftKings, they'll match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. Now, the offer eligible to all users. Good news is new users, you had a risk-free bet of up to $200 coming your way. Head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. All right, Dane, we covered the first two here on uh, Saturday, week 16 of the NFL season tomorrow. Let's talk uh, about that third and final game. Buffalo taking on Tom Brady here in a very interesting matchup. Opened up six and a half. I'm still seeing a lot of six and a half. The total seems to be coming down a little bit. Opened up at 38 and a half. I'm seeing 37s, uh, 37 and a half, somewhere in between there. Uh, It's the second uh, bite at the apple here for Buffalo, who had an opportunity to take them down. First time they played, special teams cost them. They both Mm -hmm. have good defenses. They both are limited offensively. We know this. Who do you trust in this game more here? New England to win by a touchdown or Buffalo to keep it close enough to cover? The thing I trust most here is the Buffalo defense. Um, I have seen the Buffalo defense against bad competition, good competition, on the road, at home. They bring it every single time. Um, So that is what I trust most. You mentioned this first game was 16-10. to You mentioned the block punt for a touchdown. Buffalo turned the ball over four times in that game. Oh, and yeah, Josh Allen got concussed or knocked out of that game. And, Joe, since that game, I truly believe Buffalo has gotten better. And I truly believe New England has gotten worse. I'm scared Mm -hmm. to do it because I know you don't make money betting this way. 
but I'll take Buffalo plus the six and a half. And we have seen the last few weeks, week after week after week, them showing up on a more national stage on Thanksgiving against Dallas, against Baltimore. Now they have another shot at New England. I think they treat this as their Super Bowl. I think if they don't turn the ball over and tighten up things like special teams— I think they may be a better team, 1-53 to 53 right now, and I can't believe I'm saying it. I don't think we can run away from them. Give me the six and a half points. Yeah, I got news for you. I'm, uh, I'm going to take it one step further. I've already bet the Bills' money line. Got him uh, that's how, uh, that's how little right. faith I have in the Patriots' offense to be able to get it done. I do think... Another big issue and another big difference in this game, not only special teams, and and we know it's been a carousel of kickers for New England all season long. It's going to be yet another uh, carousel. You know, who the hell are they rolling out? Some dude that 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 uh, I does kicks it like, uh, you know, county fairs, I believe, is now one, going two, to be on the field more. Oh, yeah, we can That's hear you guys. Anything. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Greg yeah. Sassman's giving us a test also- on the mic. I love that. Yeah, so I also got one other I, here's thing the deal here to me. This game. Special teams is okay. going to be a difference in this game. They got it going their way in game one, New England. I don't trust the kicking game. I do trust Stephen Hoshka. I do trust the Buffalo Bills and more importantly, Josh Allen's feet to be able to extend drives and get the and get that time of possession in their favor. And even if they don't, you're going to tell me what Tom Brady against his defense is somehow going to dink and dunk his way to a victory here. I think it's a bad it. spot for New England. Uh, to me, give me the Bills and give them to me on a. I don't even need the points. The Bills are going to win this game outright. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as confident as you. So I'm going to take the points in order to do it. You'll take the bigger payout. It's plus two something. Here's one other thing yep. that will help both of our points, Joe, and it's going to lead to prop bets for me. Okay. We don't talk a lot about defensive injury, but Joe, Jonathan Jones, okay, has mispracticed with a groin all week. Who's Jonathan Jones, you ask? Jonathan Jones, Joe, is the slot corner for the New England Patriots. Jonathan Jones is not just any slot corner. Jonathan Jones is the number two rated by PFF slot corner in the NFL. Okay, the Bills, Joe, use three wide out sets, something like 67 percent of the time. That's like third highest in the NFL. And who is that guy? It's Cole Beasley. I expect a big game from Cole Beasley. You know how Blewett and Gabe were on all those Beasley prop bets over three and a half receptions at the beginning of the season. I watch Jonathan Jones. He's the Pat slot corner. If he's out, I think Beasley has another big game. Well, not just him because McCourty's out also. Another guy with a uh, with an injury. So that whole uh, their starting quarterbacks, McCourty and Jones, uh, could very well be sidelined for this game. And if that's uh, if they lose both of them, one of them's hard enough. But you lose yeah. both of them, yeah, there's going to be some uh, some points to be had there. And also Josh Allen in his career, guys, seven two and one against the number as a road dog, and that's because. The market just doesn't want to give them any credit. They're going to overvalue New England. Uh, the value is there, and the bets will continue to come in on New England. But the reality is, guys, I don't uh, don't trust that offense. And, yeah, I get it's in Foxborough, but uh, I do trust that Buffalo Bills uh, defense. So those are the Saturday games. We gave you Houston, Tampa, Buffalo, New England, L.A., San Francisco. We will move on uh, to Sunday where we're going to look at 
let's face it, New Orleans, Tennessee, and New Orleans and Tennessee, two teams with still much to play for in this game here, Dane. New Orleans opens up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's bounced back and forth, two-and-a-half to three. Uh, Tennessee at home let one get away last week. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. It's not easy uh, to ask what they need to do here in order to beat the Saints. But the reality is the Saints aren't the same team on the road as they are at home. They got to clean some things up for Tennessee. Can Tannehill get the job done, in your opinion? I think they can. I think they can. I do not like this spot for New Orleans, Joe. You know, we have seen the big boys in the NFC recently, you know, lay their stinker. We saw it with San Francisco. You know, we we were projecting it from Minnesota. We've seen it for some of these teams. I worry non-conference matchup against a quality team that has something to play for outdoors on the grass. Similar to how I'm talking about with Houston going to Tampa, I just I feel funny about the spot. Everyone is on New Orleans. Everyone saw New Orleans play at their best on Monday night at home in an emotional spot. That's what makes me not like this spot. This is a stay away or wait for Tennessee to get to plus three and then bet them with the points at home. I would uh, I would love nothing more than to back uh... – Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. I love nothing more to do it, except I, you know, I was exposed to him for six years here in Miami. So I can tell you this right now, (laughs) this is not the spot that you ever want to back Ryan Tannehill in. Unfortunately, I do think the Ryan Tannehill mania is over. I don't think he's going to be a reason they lose. But I don't think he's mm. going to be the reason they win. Uh, it's ultimately going to come down, I think, to the fourth quarter. And who do I trust more to be able to get the job done and get those points? It's two and a half. You sure. can get it under a field goal. To me, it's Saints uh, all all day long here. They've got the better kicker. They've yeah. got, And again, we talked about it. You know, don't forget the Saints. Uh, uh, Tennessee, by the way, first team, I think, in NFL history to have missed more field goals than they've actually made. Right. It's I'll take Lutz. I'll take Breeze. Guys to make plays at the end when they need to. And Derrick Henry's still banged up. He didn't look like himself last week against Houston. Um, To me, it's the Saints here. Lay the two and a half. Take the Saints all day. Uh, There'll probably be some points scored. It might be an entertaining game, but I do think they'll. They'll yeah. be able to get enough done when it is all said and done. Right. Uh, we talked about some games that we're not touching, guys. We're not going near Raiders, Chargers. Uh, we're not going near uh, teams that have absolutely, like Carolina, nothing going for them. The reset button is about to be hit. But we are going to go near the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks here. Yes. Uh, Arizona, yes. Dame, you had mentioned, they can, you know, can they continue to progress, which is really what it's all about. Seattle knows to score, too. Seattle's got to win. The Seattle wants that number one seed as mm-hmm. well. So it's a double digit. Opened up double digits here. Cardinals, Seahawks. Dane, what do you like in this game? I like, I like Arizona. I told you, Joe, earlier in the show, look at Seattle at home, guys. They mm-hmm. everyone thinks about oh the twelves and oh this home field advantage and all this stuff that has not been the case, Joe. If you look at Russell Wilson, and you look at Seattle, right? Their home games, they beat the Bengals by a point. 
They lost to the Saints. They beat the Rams by a point. Uh, they lost to Baltimore. They beat the Bucks in overtime. Okay, they beat Minnesota by a touchdown in on Monday Night Football. Those are their home wins, Joe. I mm-hmm. think Arizona can at least keep it close. You got this line right now at, I think, nine and a half. I think the back door is open, and Arizona is exactly the team you were talking about that is trying to build momentum for next year, and I think it happens. I'd also be interested, Joe, and maybe you can't pull it up right now, but since Kenyon Drake has been there and kind of been the running back, what is Arizona's record ATS is something I'd be interested in because I, I think it's been good. You have to take into consideration a couple of things here. Kenyon Drake is a difference maker, 137 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, But you also have to take into consideration that the Cardinals are 11-3-1 against the number in their last 15 road games in their own division. They're also 4-0 against the number in the last four against Seattle. And I also love the over Mm -hmm. here. The over is 4-0 in the last four meetings in Seattle between these two teams. It's also 7-1 in the Seahawks' last eight games after they've gotten torched in the air like they did last week. I think this favors the Cardinals, especially since Seattle. Mm -hmm. Ten of their 11 wins have come within eight points of the score. So... Uh, You're going to give me nine and a half points on a team that has something to prove. Kingsbury and, uh, you know, and Murray, they are still trying to get better each and every week. They've got a running game now. And I think more importantly, Kingsbury's realized I can't drop him back 40 times a game here. They're establishing the run. And last week it opened up so many other things. Yeah, this has got uh, definitely cover, if not even possible win written all over it because Seattle has not been good at home this year either, which is a little strange. So uh, I think we're both on the same page there with uh, Arizona. And then I'll ask you quickly on the way out here. uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I also have shares of Kyle Murray as a DFS quarterback this week at 7,700. Seattle, 29th. Yeah. Yeah. Jets or uh, Jets or Pittsburgh. I'll take the Jets plus three. This is the kind of spot where they come out and actually play well. I like the Lev Bell revenge angle, and I don't know that Duck Hodges can win this game on his arm, and I think the Jets can shut down the run game, or slow the run game at least. I agree with you there. Two games, guys, that will have huge, and I mean huge, implications in April. Bengals-Dolphins, Giants-Redskins, guys. (laughs) It is the battle For the number one, two, three, four, the seeding of the draft is on display here on Sunday. Uh, It could either be a game filled with people going, I don't want to win, you win. Or it could be two games where they go and screw you. I don't care. I'm getting a top five. That's all I need. We'll break these games on the way down. We'll do that coming up. Plus our games and picks of the weekend, our make it rain, big play of the weekend coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Grease. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Here we go, people. Friday, closing it out, getting ready for the weekend, week 16 uh, in the NFL. So uh, a couple of final games here across the board. We had mentioned Cincinnati, Miami, Giants, Redskins. I've already told you I love the Redskins in this spot here. Daniel Jones looks like he's going to play, but I don't care. I do think that the uh, Redskins, certainly at home, have shown the capability over the last uh, four to five weeks here to be able to run the ball, run it well, and uh, and play some defense. And they got a little something to play for. I think the Giants are in turmoil. Shermer, will he be there? Will he not be there? Um, I like the Redskins, and I like the Dolphins at home to be able to get the job done here. What do you think, Dane? I'm with you, Joe, on both counts. I'll take both of the home teams. I think Washington has more to play for. You're right. I think Shermer's mailed it in. And on this Miami-Cincy game, let me tell you something. These Flores-led Dolphins, they're playing still, Joe. They're playing. Mm -hmm. And Fitzy is playing. I think they, you know, whether you think they're tanking or not, I think they got more juice left in them, and they're at home. I'll take both home teams. Miami plus one, Washington minus two and a half. Make it rain. Play of the weekend, Dane. Where are you going, man? What's going to be your big, yeah. uh, what's going to be your hammer, your yeah. hammer play? I got you, Joe. So we talked about Buffalo. We talked about Arizona. We both like that one. I'm going to get ahead of this one, Joe. And let me tell you something. I'm going to be on this team big time. I think there's value here on this team as a Super Bowl winner. And I'm on them this week. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, laying six, six and a half. Joe, I believe this Kansas City defense is getting better. I believe they forced Mitchell Trubisky into being a volume thrower when they can't keep up. And you know what happens when Mitchell Trubisky is a volume thrower. Give me the Chiefs by more than a touchdown. There you go. I'm going, uh, give me Drew Brees and the Saints to continue their domination here on their way to that number one seed, the bye and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Drew Brees and company will get the job done against the uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Jekyll and Hyde uh, Tennessee Titans uh, this weekend. So we'll have more pro football today, Sunday morning, beginning at 10 o'clock here on the grid. Morning after is coming Saturday up next, morning. so no matter what you do, <laughs> Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Saturday morning, uh, every morning. All the mornings. Uh, bottom line. All the mornings. All mornings, man. Catch us here. Good luck no matter what it is you're going to do. We'll be back again on Monday breaking it down for you. Make it rain, people. Thanks for joining us.